0: Welcome to Eagle Brook Church Online. My name is Ryan Leak. I'm part of the teaching team here, and I am so glad to be coming to you wherever you are watching this message. I know that the past couple of weeks have been different for all of us. We have all been adjusting to a new culture of an all-time level of hand-washing. We are all washing our hands more than we ever have before. Uh, another thing that we're adjusting to is uh, social distancing. Uh, another thing that we're trying to figure out is uh, finding a target that has paper towels and toilet paper. I don't know about you, uh, but I know for me uh, that has been a challenge over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the, the other thing that I've been adjusting to uh, is, is no sports. Uh, and I just, the other day, ESPN played some Nebraska High School basketball highlights. I said, this is depressing. Uh, I think the hand washing is is really good for us. I think that should continue forever. Okay, I don't know what we were doing before, but I'm glad uh, that everybody's washing their hands about every 10 minutes. Uh, The social distancing, uh, that's a whole nother deal. Uh, That just depends on, well, who you were social with before. Uh, my extroverted friends right now, uh, they're going crazy, okay? They, they already got that cabin fever. They're ready to get out. They can't wait to experience some public gatherings. Uh, but then there's my introverted friends who, they're in a completely different boat, okay? They are happy that social distancing has been enforced upon them And others, and then there is that group of people. You might fall into this group. You wish social distancing applied to the people in your home. There's some people you are living with that are getting on your last nerves. And then uh, I think the no sports deal, you know, when the NBA said that they were canceling, uh, that hurt my heart. But I thought, you know what? I'll survive that. NCAA tournament being canceled, I thought, you know what? I'll survive that. But being a shoe guy, being a shoe lover, when the Nike store said that they were closing their doors for two weeks, I said, This has gone too far. Okay, we can't do this. We need to do more. Okay, we have to do better. Uh, wherever you are today, however you've been adjusting, I want you to know that today's message is designed to encourage you right where. You are. If you're new to Eagle Brook, if you're new to church altogether, we have been doing a collection of talks looking at a biblical character named Joshua. He, like you, like me, experienced different struggles, setbacks, and also often had to deal with crisis. If uh, you've missed the past couple of talks, I encourage you to go back on our website and look at some of Jason's messages that I promise you will encourage you. Today, I want to zoom in to a battle that Joshua was facing, and he has been ganged up on by five Canaanite kings, and there's a couple of lines in this battle that I think completely changed the game for our relationship with God. It says this, On the day... The Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jashar, The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Sun, stand still. What an audacious request for a man to make to a God in the middle of a battle. In fact, I don't think that his request was just audacious. I actually think that his request was impossible. You have to understand something. Joshua is the sixth book in the Bible. Of the first five books, we see God do several different things. Miracles several different signs and wonders, one of the most notable ones is found in Exodus chapter fourteen where God splits the Red Sea. He did something similar in Joshua chapter three where he allowed the Israelites to cross over the Jordan River and he split the Waters once again. And so for Joshua, he has begun experiencing God at an impossible level. He's gotten so used to God doing the impossible, he just decides to go, you know what? I don't really know how to ask God for anything but the impossible. When you see God do the impossible, it changes your request. I totally get why Joshua would ask for the sun to stand still, and I totally get why God would do it because I believe that God honors audacious prayers because audacious prayers honor God. The size of our request should match the size of our God. Sometimes when we're praying, we're going, all right, well, we're going to pray to God, and it's... but. How big is God in your mind? The way you pray should, should mirror the size of your God. And if we're all honest, wouldn't we say that most of our prayer requests are, well, possible? I mean, think about it. What were the top things we pray for? Uh, traveling, mercies, uh, the needs of our family. Uh, we pray for wisdom and guidance in, in crisis Uh, We pray for safety, we pray for peace, and we often pray for food. Although, how many of you actually pray for chips and salsa like ever? Okay, we don't pray for our appetizers, but nevertheless, we, we pray for our food. But all of these prayers, they're not bad prayers. In fact, I think we should definitely pray for those things. Those are great daily prayers. But when was the last time you prayed to God for something that actually stretched your faith, that would help you grow. When was the last time you prayed for something that said, There is no way this is going to happen unless God shows up? Now, here's what I know about you and what I know about me it's that we're often apprehensive about praying audacious prayers because. We're afraid of disappointment. We're afraid of God saying no. Some of you are watching this message right now and going, Ryan, you want me to pray some audacious prayers during a pandemic? Yeah, and, and you're going, I did. And nothing happened. And some of us are just so afraid of being rejected or being told no that we've just stopped. We're going, you know, we're just going to, Throw God some softballs. We're just gonna kinda play it, say, Lord, bless the food. Because, you know, if it's asparagus, then it's kinda already blessed. You know, this is broccoli, I got a salad. You know, we're, it's, it's, we're, we're praying a lot of possible prayers. I was uh, speaking with a couple of friends uh, this past week, and uh, we had this friend who for years would post on social media about this tree. Okay, she would always go running to this tree and she would pray at this tree. And so we would always see different angles of this tree for years on Instagram and Facebook, but she would never tell us what she was praying about. And, and we're just always like, what's going on with this tree? She's like, it's where I go and pray. I can't tell you what I'm praying about, but this is, this is what I do. Well, over the course of a couple of years, we stopped seeing her post about the tree and, and a bunch of us were catching up this week and I said, hey, uh, what's up with the tree? I haven't seen the tree in a little bit. you doing okay? This is what she said. She said, I stopped going to the tree because the tree represented a place of disappointment where God told me no. So it's hard for me to go back to the tree. Might God be inviting us back to the tree in this season of our life? I think God wants to hear from us again. And what I believe about me and what I believe about you is that don't we all have a tree? Don't we all have a place that we're reluctant to go back to? Aren't we all a little bit afraid to pray for healing sometimes, thinking, well, what if God doesn't heal them or heal me? We can be afraid to do that. It's kind of like uh, if you've ever seen some guy do an elaborate proposal on YouTube. He does it at a stadium. He does this big thing in front of a crowd of people, and the girl tells him, no. I saw one guy who proposed to a girl at a mall. He was singing a song with a guitar. She grabbed the guitar and smacked him upside the head, and I'm just going, dude, I, I, my, that, that that's not good, bro. Like Like, you didn't do your homework, but can you imagine if we were to go to that young man and say, why don't you ask again? He's going, no, man, I already put myself out there. It can be very difficult to tell us as Christ followers uh, to, to, to go to God and say, you know what, I got this impossible thing, and God, would you do that? I know it can be counter-culture, but Jesus actually taught counter-cultural. He, said, he says this, He says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Keep on asking. I'm not going to lie. This text is the very opposite of my personality. If somebody tells me, no, let's say I ask you for $20 and you say, no, nah, I'm not going to continue asking you for $20. In my mind, if I ask you for something and you tell me no, I take that as a sign from God on high, that I'm not supposed to have that thing that I'm asking for, and then I just move on to being content with what I already have. Now, here's the deal. There might be some health in that way of thinking, but once again, what does that do for my faith? What does that do for our faith? Keep on asking. I have ruminated over this text for a long time because I'm going, Lord, help me understand why you want us to keep on asking. Why do you want us to keep on knocking? Why do you want us to keep on seeking? And it was a couple of months ago that I felt that the Lord gave me a brand fresh new uh, perspective on this text. This is not about us ever getting what we want. This is about connecting with the giver of all things. This is about connection, ladies and gentlemen. I read a stat this week that I found interesting. It's, the stat is this, is that children ask 125 questions a day, whereas adults ask about six questions per day. So somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lose about 119 questions per day. We lose the wonder. Now, I know some of you parents right now are thinking 125 questions per day. Listen, over the past couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure that number has doubled, okay? Uh, My son, Jackson, he's five years old and he is a question asker. He will ask me 125 questions, and he is very persistent. So if he doesn't like the answer I give him, he will then go to his mother and ask another 125 questions to her. He loves toys just like any other boy in the world. And so if you were to ask my son, hey, do you want some new toys? Of course he's going to tell you yes, every single day of the week. But what does Jackson really want? He wants us to get on the floor and play with his old toys. He wants connection more than he really wants stuff. Oh, he wants daddy to be horsey. He wants daddy to get on the ground and play with Legos. That's what he really wants. And that's what God wants from us. God wants more connection with us than he wants to just give us answers to our requests. Uh, this is what I want you to know God wants us to keep asking because he wants to keep connecting. So, yes, keep asking keep seeking, keep knocking about that dream, keep asking about that goal. Why? Because God wants to connect with you, my friend, on that goal, on that dream, on that request. God wants to go on a journey with you. Uh, Something bad can happen to us when we always get what we want. And, And Jesus, he speaks of that when he was doing a bunch of miracles. He says, now... What did Jesus know was on the inside of us? <laughs> Jesus knew that inside of us was the propensity to worship miracles over the miracle worker himself. So many people, as they were following Jesus along the way, got so caught up into what Jesus could do for them that they stopped following him and they just followed sometimes bread Following a miracle without following the miracle worker. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not miracle seekers. We're Jesus followers. If you follow Jesus long enough, you will find yourself in the midst of some miracles. But we can't just be people that are just going, well, God, just do for me what I want you to do for me. God longs to connect with you, my friend. It's been this way since the beginning. We were created to connect with God. And so when we make requests, we make requests because we already have connection with God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I pray for everything and everybody in faith believing that God will do it. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't need him to do it to stay connected. I love this text that Joshua is asking the son to stand still. For those of us that might be familiar with this story, this is an infamous story in the Old Testament. But sometimes I think we miss the best part of the story. The best part of the story is actually before Joshua asked the son to stand still. And the question that I think we have to ask ourselves, when we pray, when we pray sun stands still like prayers, is what if it doesn't happen? The second thing I think we can ask is what if it does? I mean, think about it. What if the sun didn't stand still for Joshua? Well, they would just fight in the dark. And what if the sun did stand still for Joshua? Well, then they would make history and experience a day like never before. But here's the deal, here's what I want you to see next. It says, after an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Machedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth-Horan to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Are you kidding me? This is a one-sided game of dodgeball and God's got large hailstones on his end. And it's totally unfair because if God is throwing down large hailstones from the heavens, it's not like they could pick it up and throw it back. Good luck with that. God was fighting for Joshua and the Israelites. God was already doing a miracle for his people before Joshua even made a request for a new one. Can you imagine you're in a fight and all of a sudden you got help? And I'm talking real help. I'm talking like the type of help that it's like, this is unfair. There is no way your enemies can survive when God is on your Side. The idea that Joshua asked the son to stand still so that they could continue fighting is laughable. It's kind of like the story of Michael Jordan in 1990, where on one occasion he scored 69 points. He shot 23 of 27 from the field, 21 of 23 foul shots, 18 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, and at the end of the game, Stacey King one of his teammates, he said, I will never forget this game as the night that me and Michael Jordan scored 70 points. Can you believe that? I mean, really, like Michael Jordan has 69 points. Stacey King has one point on a free throw, but he's going, hey, nah, nah, we we did this together. That's Joshua and that's God. That's them together. Joshua and the Israelites, I mean, they were there. Like, they swung some swords and stuff. You know, like, they were, they were in it, but God was the one throwing their enemies into confusion, and God was the one throwing hailstones. I believe he's not asking the sun stand still so they can continue fighting. They're asking the sun to stand still so that they can continue watching God fight for them. Ultimately, when I see the word sun stand still, I see God keep the lights on. Perhaps the prayer that you and I can pray today is God, help us see what you've already been doing in our lives. Help us see what you've already been doing in in our lives. Are there some miracles? Are are you moving? Are, Are you working in some behind the scenes that we can't see right now. God, would you help us see what you're already doing before we even come to you with a brand new audacious request? Oh, I think an audacious request to an almighty God, it moves the needle on our relationship with God. It stretches our faith. In fact, I believe we are all one audacious prayer away from a brand new chapter in our life. We are one audacious prayer from a whole new mentality. We are one audacious prayer from a whole different household. During a time like this, we can feed our faith or we can feed our fears. Joshua could have been afraid of of the army, but he's going, I've got faith in my God. He is the God that is fighting for us. And this is what I want to encourage you with during this time. Faith will always take you further than fear ever could. Well will always happen that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that impossible looks different for each and every one of us. For some of us, impossible looks like cancer in remission. For some of us, impossible looks like a pandemic ending very soon. For some of us, impossible means getting our job back. For some of us, impossible looks like paying off a mortgage, paying off student loans. For some of us, impossible looks like forgiving the person that hurt us the most. But what I want to encourage you to do this weekend, even during a time where it might feel like it's your darkest hour, I want you to pray an audacious prayer. I mean, the question that I have for us today is, what impossible goal is God calling you towards? What's your treat? What's the thing you're reluctant to say out loud? What's the prayer you wouldn't even admit to your best friend? What? What's, what's the thing? What, what goal that if God did it, it wouldn't just change your world, but it could change the world? I mean, what impossible goal goal is God calling you towards. The homework that I want to give each and every one of us this week is this. Pray one audacious prayer and write it down. Pray one audacious prayer and write it down. The reason I want you to write it down is because a year from now, two years from now, I want you to look back and see the faithfulness of God. In fact, I believe some of us have been in a relationship with God so long that we haven't even stopped to remember the prayers God has already answered in our past because we never wrote them down. Every now and then, I think it's good for us to look back and see how faithful our God has been in some prayers He's already answered. Um, I grew up um, in a pastor's home, and Uh, my parents are praying parents, especially my father. My father had this Prayers That Avail Much book, and he would literally walk around the house praying these prayers over our house, and these were some impossible, audacious prayers. He would pray them over our house. He would pray them over us as individuals. I remember when I went to visit my parents in Atlanta, I was sleeping on the couch, and at four in the morning, I see my dad standing over me, praying prayers of blessing and favor over my life. I woke up, I was scared to death. I said, hey, dad, if you are gonna pray for me, I need you to pray for me between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. I don't need this four in the morning stuff. That is scary, okay? I was recently at a, a basketball game with a friend who knows my father well, and we were just kind of catching up On life, And I was telling him some uh, things that had been happening that I felt like God was doing uh, in my life, in ministry and in business. And And I just said, man, it's me and my wife have been blessed to have some opportunities we don't feel like we deserve. And at one point in the conversation, I said to him, I said, man, you know, what's so weird about all of this is I didn't pray for any of this stuff to happen. And my friend looked at me and he said, your dad did. Your dad prayed for this stuff, Ryan. I wanna encourage each and every person to pray an audacious prayer, not just for you, but would you dare to pray an audacious prayer for somebody else? Would you dare to pray for the next generation, that God would do something in their generation that maybe we'll never get a front row seat to see. But I believe when we pray audacious prayers, when we are strong and courageous, when we are stepping up in a time where it feels like everything is being canceled and everything is shrinking back, may we be people that step up to the plate, strong and courageous, that are willing to pray for the impossible. Because you just never know who you're praying for and who they might become and what God might do because he answered your prayer. I believe God honors audacious prayers because audacious prayers honor God. Can we pray together? God, I thank you so much for each and every person watching this service, watching this message. God, I pray that we would pray audacious prayers this week, because I know you so desperately want to connect with us. And I pray that that would happen. I pray that during this time, our relationship with you would be getting stronger, not weaker. May we not be afraid to go back to the tree. May we not be afraid to go back to the place of disappointment. May we be people that step up to the plate and pray audacious prayers. And would you show up for us like you showed up for Joshua. Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I can't wait to see you next week uh, as we wrap up this Strong and Courageous series.